Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We are back. I was moving last week, so we had to take the week off. I'm actually still recording with a laptop and my microphone on a TV dinner tray because I don't yet have a desk. So we're kind of roughing it, but I don't know. My background with my 1987 Indy 500 poster is pretty cool for right now. But... That led me to my race, my non-racing question. Moving is one of those things that occasionally like you have to do like yard work and like things like you really don't like and something always goes wrong. So if you could never move again, where would you end up living? Like one spot where you're like, this is the best, you know, what would be actually, let me, let me rephrase that question. What would be most important to you to be in an apartment or a house that where you were like, I'm never moving again. I'd like to say garage space for my massive car collection that I hope to eventually have, but will we'll never <laughs> actually have. Yeah. So I'm really going to say that I like houses with a nice back porch, like a screened in back porch would be really nice. And I know M- Michelle really uh, would want to sit out there every single night that the weather would allow. Yeah, And in that way, I don't have to get absolutely eviscerated by mosquitoes like I usually do by sitting on our back balcony because they don't touch her for some reason, but they all find me. Interesting. Okay. What about you? Well, I'm pretty easygoing. I mean, this this place will not be my uh, forever home. Forever home? Yeah. It feels <laughs> so so goddamn cheesy to say that. But I I don't know. I think the one thing would be either a fenced-in yard or kind of like I have now. There's a, a park a couple blocks away and two different dog parks like uh, within a 15 or 20-minute walk. So that's kind of honestly all I really care about. But like a porch or something would be super cool to like sit outside whether it's in the morning with like a cup of coffee or, you know, a drink at the end of the day. And then, yeah, I honestly, I don't, I don't need a lot like, you know, space for my big screen TV and all of my crap. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really need a lot in unit washer and dryer was like the only other important thing for this apartment hunt. Because last year, my place in India, I had to drive down the street to do my laundry and that stunk. So if you hear oh, some yeah. rumbling in the background right now, I have uh, the wash and the dryer going before girlfriend gets over here this weekend for the first time. Well, I told you, I think we were texting about the shenanigans that used to be pulled on my floor in, I guess it was the last couple of years of college when I lived in an off-campus apartment building when these certain individuals would just leave their wet clothing in the wash for hours at a time. And I didn't really want to touch other people's clothing. So eventually I I think I bought a pair of like dishwashing gloves, like the rubber yellow dishwashing gloves. And I literally would bring those, just take it and put the stuff on top of the washer so that I could then use it because when you need to do laundry and someone has, I guess, forgotten about things, there's not much you can do other than that, even though it seems kind of rude, but 
Oh, well, I also actually wanted to ask you, didn't you say you have a Wawa nearby? Like, isn't that pretty critical for you? It's it's not super critical. I mean, it's it's very helpful. Don't get me wrong. It's it's like a it's like a half mile walk, you know, so it's not it's not too bad. But I mean, being in 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 the city, you are a you know 15 minute walk from essentially anything you need to get to. And I'm a five minute drive from the grocery store and a five minute drive from another grocery store in the gym. So it's all convenience. So that's that's fine. But like when I moved all I told a friend who was my quote unquote realtor is really just kind of like helping me find places. I was like, listen, I don't need a lot for this place. I need an in-unit washer and dryer and it needs to be pet friendly with like a park within a reasonable distance away to take the dog out. Other than that, I don't care. I happen to get like, I was telling my girlfriend yesterday when she got back from her trip, like there's a lot of very, bo- this is a brand new building. So nobody's ever lived mm-hmm. here before. There's a lot of very bougie things that I'm never going to use. So like my stove and my washer and dryer are all Wi-Fi enabled. I don't know why I need them Wi-Fi enabled. Like I'm not going to turn on my stove from my phone like when I'm not like. But you could like get it preheating. That kind of that's kind of cool. Like say you want to put some in the oven. It's preheating on when you're like walking five minutes away and then you see the building blow up and you're like, whoa, (laughs) that was me. Yeah, that was that's kind of why I'm just like, and, and like I'm not gonna do my wash, like I'm not gonna do my wash and then like run out for like a couple hours and be like, I wonder how much time is left on my washer. That's why they had the little screen on there that's like your wash is gonna take 56 minutes. So I just set a timer for 56 minutes if I need to like go run out somewhere. But yeah, that's odd. Like no one's it, the washer is not gonna go get the laundry for you and put it in there. So yeah. that is a little bit odd. Like the dryer, maybe I understand. Sure. Like, oops, I forgot. The- the clothes were in the dryer let me do that again but the washer right maybe someone will explain why that would be wi-fi enabled other than to make it more expensive and then two things that are kind of handy one's a little funny so if you enter in my front door code or the or if you press the button to like call up to my apartment on like the little digital screen pad out front it will it takes a picture of your face so i'll I'll send you a screenshot like there's some like really funny looking pictures when i enter my front door code that because you know i'm just kind of like staring off into oblivion which is kind of handy, but I also catch the Amazon guy like entering the like intercom code to open the door and they don't know that the picture is being taken. And then the mirror in my bathroom has three different lights. Like it's almost like a ring light around the mirror. So, you know, for all the times I do my layers of makeup, I can see no matter what. But it also never had... miss a hair shaving again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did today anyway but (laughs) it also has which is actually pretty handy when you take like i take a scalding hot shower so naturally gets very you know steamy in there the mirror fogs up it has a defogger so even as the shower's going and there's like you know steam everywhere in the bathroom you can see there's like a circle in the middle like almost at like eye level so you get out of the shower and you're like shaving after or i don't know combing your hair afterwards or whatever you don't have to like wait for the shower for the bathroom to you know, de-steam, which is kind of cool. I didn't have hot water for the first four days, so I like really didn't get. Because the defogger doesn't matter. You yeah, don't have hot water. To, no, I didn't get to test it until Mon Monday. It's like they finally got the hot water up and running, and the first thing I did was take a shower, even though I didn't need to, because I had taken a shower at girlfriend's earlier that day when I was up there taking care of the cat and whatnot but uh, yeah I, it's it that one's pretty handy especially in the morning when i'm trying to get out the door you're living in the future sounds like and you're never going to go back <sighs> it's all things i could do without like would my world be okay without a defogging bathroom mirror yes i would still survive but it is kind of cool but now that we have babbled on for I don't I don't even know how long we've been recording, to be totally honest with you at this point. Eight minutes, ten minutes, something like that. We'll start with IndyCar. The bad is the IndyCar video game in terms that motorsport games has laid off all their IndyCar staff because they have no money in the surprise to absolutely no one. So <laughs> 
this is one like two years ago, I guess when this was announced, I was cautiously optimistic, probably more so than most other people, just because I wanted to believe this was the right thing. And then by about probably this time last year, I went, oh, shit, this is this is not looking good. Now it looks like a disaster. NASCAR has the license with iRacing, which I don't think I don't know if it comes out in 2024. It might be 2025, but yeah, they're on the right track. No pun intended. The World of Outlaws game, which is also an iRacing license, is fantastic. So that leads me to believe the NASCAR game will probably be pretty good. And the F1 game is EA Sports. You know, that's a train wreck. I mean, I hear this year is better, but I don't. I didn't even buy it. But do they go back to iRacing? Like, if you, if you are Mark Miles, are you are you buddying up with Mister iRacing President and being like, "Sorry, we 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 made a boo boo." Uh, you know, can you do? Can you can you help us out? Like you helped out NASCAR. Like, how strongly do you feel about this? If I'm Mark Miles. If I'm Mark Miles and if I'm you. Okay, if I'm Mark Miles, then I I guess I understand that this is a priority, but it, it doesn't necessarily seem like IndyCar management is, you know, really pushing hard for this. I'm not sure. I mean, it seemed like, yay, that they were going to have a game, but I don't know. It, it wasn't something that they were really triumphantly marketing. I don't, maybe I'm just the one that feels that way. What, what do you think about that? I don't, I don't know if they were really pushing hard for this game or they were just like, oh, we need a video game. Let's put in the minimal effort to make one because everyone else has one and we should. I don't think they were really taking the initiative to do like NASCAR did. And look and see, okay, let's do some research and see, you know, where, where are racing fans gaming? What kind yeah. of audience could we get exposed to? Dude, that's, that's a good point. I, I didn't think of it that way. So to answer, to answer your point first, I don't want to say you're like definitely right, because obviously I'm not in the head of Mark Miles and everybody at IndyCar Marketing, but it definitely feels like even last year when when motorsport games started having some serious financial trouble and IndyCar was like, yeah, it'll be out next year, that maybe they weren't taking it totally seriously. Just obviously just just a guess and just our opinion. We don't truly know. But I mean, it's definitely logical. I think my biggest frustration is. You know, motorsports are trying to do different things to you know, market and get the name out there. And like, I I was kind of indifferent until I actually downloaded the World of Outlaws game. And I was like, wow, this is really good. It's, it feels like a racing game should for, you know, a dirt track style game. Like the physics are good. The gaming is fun. It's easy to get kind of into a race, customizable, all that stuff that like you need in a in a simple racing game. And we've seen a decent uptick in kind of the sprint car, World of Outlaws, dirt track popularity. I think in the last year or two, I think part of that is like guys like Kyle Larson are. Yeah. You know, Kyle Larson is now running, you know, the high limit series, which is now, especially next year, taking on World of Outlaws to, you know, to a T. So it's definitely an interesting time, but. You know, when NASCAR partnered with iRacing 2, my instant thought was IndyCar is in big trouble because this gaming is going to help fans, is going to bring in young fans. Gaming is the easiest way to bring in young fans right now. Everybody games, whether it's, you know, the Xbox that's under my TV or, you know, I don't know, a Switch or whatever other handheld devices there are nowadays or PlayStation or PC or whatever. So, I'm not super angry, but I really hope they figure something out sooner rather than later because we, at this point, I don't see any IndyCar game coming out in 2024. And unless they get it done by, like a licensing done by, let's just say March or April, it's not coming out next year either. And 
IndyCar has until March or April for motorsport games to you know, pay back its minimum. There has until for them to pay IndyCar the minimum guarantee, which is you know just an upfront payment before they can actually cancel the license. So I hope they can come to an agreement before that. Otherwise, it's going to be you know mid year, two years from now before a game's out. I guess the one thing I would temper what I initially said as I was thinking a bit through it is I guess I, I don't blame IndyCar as much as I initially jumped to that conclusion because when you think about NASCAR and how much money they have, right, just TV deal, all that kind of stuff, they have the money to probably invest in a good game. I would imagine that IndyCar is... I, you know, prioritizing other things first, and maybe they don't know if investing that much money will get them the return that they want. And so they're kind of playing it safe by not really putting all that money out there. I mean, I don't know about motorsport games and which games they've made, if their games are any good. I kind of remember the response to that announcement being pretty lukewarm that they were very mediocre at best. Yeah. But I just... You know, it, like you're right, 100% right about young people. This is how you bring in new fans. And IndyCar will need to do something. I guess iRacing is probably the best approach moving forward because if they don't have the money to invest in building their own, you know, like FIFA or F1 game, you can't really compete with those, right? And how many people are, that already have the F1 game are then going to go out and buy the IndyCar game too? Or also buy... The NASCAR game. I mean, I guess they've probably done market research that we don't know about. Sure, sure. And they were willing to invest a certain amount. And I guess that was to go with motorsport games, which probably isn't as expensive as some other developer. But it's sad to see it fail. And it's just kind of a typical thing that happens to IndyCar. They're like the Charlie Brown of motorsports series where just like, oh, another step back. And it's not really fully in their control. I mean, I don't really blame them completely for this. They're partially. But, you know, this is another company that is just clearly incompetent. I think the biggest problem is before IndyCar signed with Motorsports Games, that NASCAR Heat game came out. NASCAR Heat. Oh, yeah. And I downloaded the... Five? Five. five yeah, I downloaded number four or five. I forget. And it was truly a terrible game. It made no sense how bad it was, considering it's you know a top flight series like NASCAR. I think their big series mm -hmm. was the British touring car video game, which I didn't know existed until I started hearing about the news about motorsports Sounds games. Super niche. So that like if I was looking at how bad NASCAR Heat was, just you know, all you need to do is Google it. It's not like you need to be a gamer. You know, I know Mark Miles isn't sitting down playing Xbox at night. I don't I don't see him playing Call of Duty with me a couple of nights a week. So. But RP is 100%. Roger Penske RP. games. He's a hardcore gamer. RP, let's go. Let's get some bazookas and 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 go on Call of Duty tonight. But yeah, let's just leave it there and we we, we could ramble on for a while. But I don't yeah. I agree. Okay. Marcus Armstrong is doing Macau mm -hmm. or Formula 3, which is when is that? Is that Thanks, like closer to Thanksgiving. Yes, and apparently this, this is, and I had no idea about this. F three is returning to Macau for the first time in about three years. Oh, I guess yeah. Chinese Formula Four had been running there, so Macau's going to run over two weekends, I guess, and the FIA events begin Thursday the sixteenth. So. Yeah, he'll be running those, but it was funny as we looked back through the winners in previous years. I mean, there are some amazing people who have won the Macau Grand Prix, going all the way back to uh, Roberto Moreno, Ayrton Senna, my boy Mauricio Guzman, mm -hmm. Schumacher, Coulthard, other Schumacher. You know, you've got a lot of people. But then, oh, Sato. But then it was funny when we saw, starting in 05, Lucas Degrassi, 2009-2010, Eduardo Mortara, 2012, 
Antonio Felix da Costa. 2013, Alex Lynn. Oh, wait, and then Felix Rosenquist won the next two. Then Dan Tictum. So apparently, if you win the Macau Grand Prix within, I guess, the last 20 years, 15 years or so, you end up in Formula E. <laughs> so hopefully, Marcus Armstrong is aware of that. I mean, obviously, Felix Rosenquist made his way over to IndyCar and has managed to stay. And for a while, it looked like Antonio Felix da Costa might also make his way over here. But I don't know. I, I, Formula E pays good money, I imagine. But the drivers don't seem very enthused about it. And no one really is anymore. So as cool as it would be to see Marcus Armstrong win, just kind of jump in the car and go win in Macau. He he then might just be destined for Formula E. Yeah. Cursed. And the Fiddle Paldi brothers. So we know Pietro is driving for Ray Hall next year. Little Enzo it tested for Dale Coyne at Sebring. I think it was yesterday. So we're recording Wednesday night. So I think it was Tuesday. It was either yesterday or it was this morning. I have no sense of time. I think it was yesterday because okay. I remember seeing it on Instagram. Yeah, I saw that this morning. That's why. I... Yeah, I don't I don't truly remember. So that's cool, I guess. I honestly don't know anything about Enzo as a driver. So I have zero feelings one way or another about this. But two fit apologies in IndyCar would be super cool. But that's just purely a fan perspective and not a driver you know, skill perspective thought. Wait, so they're brothers? I, I don't know. Did I cousins maybe? Brothers, cousins. I don't I don't really know. I don't know. I actually don't know what they're really Oh, he is the brother of Pietro. Oh, whew, thank okay. God. I, I just wasn't sure about that. So Enzo's twenty two and Pietro is twenty seven. Okay, so yeah, it's his younger brother. That'd be cool. And then Max Pappas is obviously their uncle. They've got uh Christian Fittipaldi, Emerson. They probably have some other racing people, Wilson, Fittipaldi, and their family. So they just need to keep that empire going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see it. All right. So what else? Do we have anything else? Oh, yeah. Car? Or should we yeah. Um, Roman Grosjean. Ah, uh, yeah. Is now a Hunko's Hollinger driver. There were definitely, say... You saw both ends of the spectrum on reactions to that. People were shocked as I think, well, no, we I don't think we were shocked at all that Callum bailed on Hunkos. I think, unfortunately, Ricardo Hunkos knows where his bread is buttered, and that is mm-hmm. down south in Argentina. I mean, that's where he's from, and that's where I think a lot of fans of that team are from. So... You know, you've said it. I don't think he did a good enough job standing up for his other driver. A lot more could have been done. Um, it just wasn't really pleasant. So if you're in that kind of environment and you don't feel comfortable or I mean, we don't know what Callum was feeling, but hopefully he lands somewhere else. I don't know where else that would be, but he's talented. I mean, he's a guy that I think, unfortunately, if this had happened earlier, that would have changed the silly season narrative. When the Argentinian fans come after Grosjean this year for something, whether it's his fault or not. For wrecking his teammate. For bumping his teammate, wrecking his teammate, bumping him out of the Indy 500 qualifying X, Y, and Z if there's bumping this year you know Grosjean will not take the same measured approach that Callum Eilat took. So it would be very interesting to see the potential potential for fireworks in 2024. And then it will be even more interesting to see Grosjean than berate Ricardo Junkos and see it's, it could be a very spicy dynamic if things don't go 100% according to plan. And no offense to Yunkos, I don't think they're mature enough of a team yet to have everything go according to plan. You just also threw out the one driver that like, 
gave you good feedback like hey my indy 500 car blows i can't qualify in this car and then you just left him out there until like you know an hour before fast friday practice and you're like oh yeah maybe maybe uh maybe you're right and he said this in april so i don't know i gotta be honest with you yunkos at the beginning of last year was the team i was like super pumped about super i wanted to see do well and now I I'm pretty indifferent. I have one question about that. And then there's actually another piece of news that we can get to that sort of came out today that we were funneled. I guess that we can discuss. Um, do you think Grosjean ever gets the elusive win in a Yunko's car? No. Okay. I don't even think he gets a podi- podium in a Yungo's car. No, I think if it was that difficult for Callum, unfortunately, I don't see Grosjean ever closing the deal. He's going to qualify well a, a few more times. He's going to end up there, you know, sure. right on the front row or something, sure. maybe second place a couple of times, and everyone's going to talk about it, mostly Lee Diffie on the broadcast. And they're going to bring up how he was burned and his rise from the ashes and all that stuff because... I don't know. That's what Lee really likes to do and kind of beat these stories over their head. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's what you do as a broadcaster. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I really am fascinated to see how Augustine Canapino compares to a former F1 driver in the same car. That'll yeah. that'll just be kind of fascinating to see, right? Let's really gauge his talent. In his second year, he knows the tracks now. He's got a, I think he was impressive, right? He did a lot of things that were good. So there are no excuses now unless the team is bad, which it could potentially be way off in terms of setup because you have two people who are, well, is Grosjean good with setups? We don't think so, right? Or that's not. I'll ask. Part I honestly, thing. I honestly don't know, but that's just that's an easy text away. So I'll I'll find out. Rem- remind me, remind me next week. Oh, we're gonna have to record early next week, aren't we? Because you're Eric, you're gonna be in Philly next week. Yeah, I, I arrive in Philly on Wednesday night. I could actually like meet up with you and record something in person, or we could record early. Yeah, I could do Wednesday night. Girlfriend works. Late we're planning Wednesday on night. air though. So, yeah, who cares? <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> it's the off season. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I could do either. We'll figure it out. But I could. Yeah. She works late Wednesday night. So I, I won't be I won't be doing anything. I think she works late. I'm Wednesday. still super cautious to not say her name because we're still not doing that. Yeah. Nobody needs to know my personal life. If you want to know why, you can ask me off off air. Okay. The last piece Stalkers. of news before we. Before we move to F1, is the thing that we heard just earlier today. And that is that AJ Foyt is kind of in turmoil. We don't know actually if Benjamin Peterson is coming back. Apparently, there's some speculation about the funding related to that car. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't finish well, right? So he didn't get the. like leader circle i just wanted to call it like the leadership circle that sounds kind of (laughs) cooler but you you have to stand outside the leadership circle but (laughs) or it sounds like some kind of company bonding activity who knows if he ends up that team uh, it didn't penske partner with them now they're so hopefully we see some good stuff but Maybe that's another reason. Maybe Penske now has a bit of a say in who drives for that team if they're kind of using them as a development squad. So, and maybe they're just like, all right, Benjamin Peterson didn't impress us and we want someone else. I'm not sure. Did Benjamin Peterson impress anybody? At the 500 than, for in qualifying. Yeah. Other than himself, if you heard his interview on Connor Daly and Joey Molinaro's podcast, it's quite interesting. I'm just gonna leave it at that. And oh, I don't listen to that, but maybe I'll have I, to. I didn't listen to it. I, I I was sent a clip on Instagram, I think, and a internal source was 
very displeased with the conversation. So Yikes. make of that what you will. But yeah, I, I don't know. I was less than enthused with the attitude he took about his team last year. Okay. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you're on a team that's not very good. But when you throw them under the bus and you also then ruin the morale of a team that is trying to become better, I don't know. I think it's a bad look. But that one, reminds one me of kind of what Logan Sargent does. Yeah. It just yeah, seems yeah. like he demoralizes his squad. Yeah. And then, which doesn't the... help his performance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> on the Ferrucci front, they want him back. Like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. if they can find the funding, he's coming back. It might be the Italian be... AJ Foyt, right? Right. The short Italian AJ Foyt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might just be. Wouldn't old. that be Mario? <laughs> yeah yeah it's just probably a better much better comparison so yeah we'll see i don't i wouldn't call it a state of turmoil i think it's a we want to see I'm trying to stir things up okay well i'm trying to be nice to them because aj foyt pr person is like the nicest one at least in terms of actually responding to us so but no i love foyt i want to yeah. see them do well because I'm, like, just, I'm just brown story team. Yeah, I'm just I'm just brown. Oh, okay, well, I can brown those a bit too then. But no, I want to see them do well. It just seems like things are up in the air. That team doesn't really get any consistency. It's unfortunate because you want to see them do well. But I, I mean, I wasn't blaming the team necessarily oh, for I know. what I happened know. with Peterson. I'm just okay. I'm just messing around. Because all right. So before we dive into F1, I have to admit, I forgot to set my grid rival lineup this weekend and I was oh. missing like three guys. So I'm checking out for the last couple of races of this year. I will do grid rival. We will run in a, another league next year. I don't know if I'll be watching, but the fact I, I was still in like 18th before this weekend without watching most of the races is pretty impressive. Or it shows you how predictable F1 is that you don't even have to watch <laughs> and you can just guess who's going to do well every week. Right. Like, am I ever going to pick Kevin Magnuson to be on my F1 grid rival lineup? Probably not. Am I ever going to pick? Unless he's the last driver. You can't afford it. Yeah. Right. Like, if, if it's the only guy I can fit in my budget. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you want to start with news or if you want to talk about the snoozer that was Brazil. However you want to take it, this is your portion to lead. I guess let's talk about Brazil real quick and just say the first thing is that Charles Leclerc was literally out on the formation lap. And when the screen on my F1 TV cut to him, just shaking his head and having his helmet in his hands in the car as he was in the wall, I really thought he just binned it somehow. Yeah. And I feel really bad for the guy. What but happened? He is the perfect Ferrari driver. He is Ferrari embodied as a team in a person. Because if you, you know, kind of John Alacy was too, where it's just like really fast, super inconsistent, and just kind of like the luck is is not there. And that's that's Ferrari to me. So I feel really bad. And I think he actually said, Why am I so unlucky on the radio? Which it's better to me than like cursing someone out or getting really angry. But they say it was an electrical failure, which initially I think they claimed it was hydraulic. But let me, I guess, look further into that. I, I'm pretty sure they said it was electrical, which I don't necessarily know how that would be related to what happened. Unless the hydraulic made more sense. But yeah, unless there's some component in the power steering that is electrical or the braking that's electrical you know kind of fly by wire braking if there's no wire maybe it just spun them out but mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not a mechanical or electrical expert so i don't want to start guessing you're not feeling like yourself anymore you're not alone whether you're concerned about your weight your energy level of lack of sex drive or hormone imbalance solutions are waiting for you at nava health with a technology-driven approach nava's medical experts craft custom plans that adapt as you progress optimizing your health start feeling better now at navacenter.com forward slash pod that's navacenter.com forward slash pod or call 855-680-6282 results may vary 
Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. No, and I mean, this same thing happened to uh, Carlos Sainz in Qatar. He wasn't even able to start the race either. So who knows? Being a Ferrari fan must be really, really hard. Being a Ferrari fan must be like being a Cowboys fan in the NFL. Like every year at the beginning of the year, you guys, you guys, their fans are, oh my God, we're going to win the championship. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And every year, they start off looking okay or pretty good, and then by the end of the year, they've totally fumbled the bag and are you know being laughed at for getting knocked out of the playoffs for the thirty-second straight year in the first round, or guys can't start races. It's just like it's just embarrassing at this point to like uh, how many Ferrari fans are posting on social media like I am a proud Ferrari fan right now. Like, is there such thing as a proud Ferrari fan right now that isn't from Italy? Like, you know, those fans are always going to be proud. But, like, they're not posting about it because right now it's embarrassing. Yeah, I honestly think it's... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. And, God, I forget his name now. Uh, Mattia Bonotto is now sitting on his couch. Oh, he's coming back. He's now sitting on his couch laughing hysterically at Ferrari while he drinks his tea in the morning. No, you know, he's coming back, right? That was another piece of news. Audi is like really recruiting him. So I was going to save that for last to really make you happy because your face just completely dropped from the smile that you had (laughs) to like, Oh God. But yeah, he's, he's going to be back on the grid because they're apparently chasing him down pretty hard. Listen, Ferrari was more competent last year than they are this year. At least at the beginning of last That's year, true. they were competitive. This year, they're a complete disaster. So maybe, maybe my my maybe my blame was a little misguided last year, and maybe my blame should be, I don't know, everybody else there. You know, the change at the top needed to happen at Ferrari. It's it, I get it, but maybe the changes need to be more wider ranging because clearly. Oh, yeah. The change, like changing the leadership, made things worse. Changing leadership does nothing when you don't change the culture of the organization. So, right. you they need a major shift. And I think I've heard at least that working at Ferrari, they have a really kind of difficult time. And I'm sure this stems from just being, you know, Italy's national team and the pressure they're put under. But there's a really intense blame culture where someone one person has to be accountable for everything and so everyone lives in fear and that's not a good work environment so it doesn't sound pleasant i mean it's an honor obviously because of the name of ferrari but i really think that the departed ill commendatory enzo ferrari cursed the team when he died or something because or i don't know maybe michael schumacher put a curse on it before he left because he was like no one's gonna beat me but Whatever happened, yeah, you were right about it being embarrassing. And I think Ferrari fans uh, are in a a semi, you know, toxic relationship with their team of choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But yeah, Bonotto to Audi, you know, or or whatever it ends up being. I, I can see that. I can see why you would want to start with him. He got cars to victory lane. So, you know, that's more than a lot of team principals can say over the course of F1. So I'm lukewarm on it because I, you know, I think there were a lot of deficiencies in that Mattia Bonotto led Ferrari era, but I, you could do worse. Yeah. I mean, Fred Visser also got them a win in Singapore. So 
I mean, you could argue that Big it's Frank not a complete failure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a failure. Speaking of failures, Total Wolf was extremely negative about Mercedes performance. I mean, they just looked I don't know what the heck was going on with those cars, but George Russell once again and I love when Alex Rossi on off track just goes like goes off on George because you know my feelings for George. He's an extremely yeah. talented driver and I respect his skill, but his personality is the Karen of Formula One. He's so irritating and like let me speak to your manager type vibes for me. So just the way he goes on on the radio. Wow, it's so irritating. But I'm also getting really tired of Yuki now on the radio. He just seems like he he really can't get a hold of his temper or his emotions. And he keeps talking about having to work on that. But when he's just constantly dropping F-bombs and getting really angry, it's such a waste of energy, and it probably destroys his judgment mid-race. Yeah, it's it's like when you say, like, this is not, not you in particular. When somebody says to like, they're speaking up another, like, oh yeah, I'll change, I'll change, I'll change. And then like, you don't take any steps to like actually make the change. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're still the same bumbling person that you've been. That is Yuki Sonoda. He's making no effort to improve his anger management or, you know, stress management or whatever it may be. I was literally just saying last, a couple weeks ago, I am still, not handling stress for work work very well lately so what did i do i started reading things to kind of calm my brain down so i didn't get worked up at the end of the day it's not a hundred percent you didn't self-medicate i know i didn't i did not (laughs) go to the liquor store and buy a giant (laughs) bottle of tequila i'm not suggesting anyone does that yeah yeah please 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 don't take any self-help advice from anything we've said in this episode that being said, I did buy a bottle of tequila. I'm very excited to try this weekend. Oh, you're not gonna wait for me to show up next week? I could do that. I mean, we could we could no, we I'm could do kidding. that too. We could just it's, buy another one. It's it's at it's at girlfriend's house, so it's just closer to where you're staying than than my house. So All right. we will yeah, we will we will do that. We'll we'll talk about that afterwards though. We won't we won't Okay, bore so speak of Mercedes though. Everybody else. It apparently they say that the awful performance of their car in Brazil confirms that their completely new design in 2024 is the right move, which is kind of funny thinking about the fact that last year, I'm pretty sure George's win in the sprint and the Grand Prix convinced them that they could continue with this broken concept or platform. Yeah. And so now a year on, Thank goodness they've kind of snapped out of it. And I, well, that they, there was a false dawn. I really thought after Austin that they were going to be awesome. And I guess, I mean, they did pretty well in Mexico too, but wow, Brazil was really just kind of a back down to earth. I will, however, say that the battle between Fernando Alonso and Sergio Perez for third place was one of the best, most exciting things I've seen in Formula One. In a while. Sure. Yep. Definitely this year, besides the Singapore Grand Prix, it was better than the Singapore Grand Prix finish because even though it wasn't for the win, that was real racing. And Alonso is just, he's such a tactician. He's, he's constantly thinking. And Perez, actually, I, I gotta say, he was pretty humble and being like, wow, racing Fernando there was awesome. He raced clean. We raced hard. And he was pretty good. I mean, he was not anywhere near Max's pace still, yeah. but he was a lot closer than he has been. So that's a good sign for him, at least. That battle was, I mean, yeah, I saw it on YouTube or Twitter or something, was by far my favorite moment of F1 this year and maybe this year and last year because it was, wasn't was aided by DRS games or worrying about the draft or it was just good hard racing and it was interesting yes it wasn't for the win so i didn't didn't really care who finished where 
when I watched that clip because I watched that clip before I knew the results of the race. But yeah, I I agree with you there. And also, it was good on Checo after you know wrecking on the opening corner of the previous weekend to you know come home with a good result. Agreed. Fourth place was a solid finish for him. And I mean, I don't think he should really be finishing lower than about fourth or fifth week in, week out. So yeah. that's what they want to see from him at Red Bull. I would say fourth, honestly, is the lowest he should finish. If Max is, you know, 58 seconds ahead of second place, you should, if you're just off the podium, that's fine. Things happen. Maybe somebody undercuts you and gets ahead of you or, or overcuts you and gets ahead of you. But yeah. I agree. Did you see this whole thing where Haas had yeah. some evidence that they were protesting something like track limits? Yeah, something a hearing? to do with track limits. There's a hearing. Well, by the time you listen to this, it will have been yesterday because this will yeah. come out on Friday. And I think the hearing is on Thursday to where it should bump one or both of their drivers up in the finishing order so right now. They're... Nico, he finished 11th. Okay. Hulkenberg, your boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. God, might be my least interesting Formula One driver in the last 10 years. But I'm just I'm just being dramatic there, by the way. But I don't I don't know these hearing. I have no idea how these hearings work because I don't even know if the FIA knows how these hearings work. They just kind of make it up as yeah. they go. So be interesting. This I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. But I'll bet you 10 bucks, nothing changes. Well, you're curious to see what happens. Even I don't really care what happens from the results of this hearing. It means nothing. Haas going to get yeah. one more point. They're still going to finish last in well, the, the team's championship. They scored nothing once again in Brazil. I'm curious is it, it will one way or the other make everybody on Twitter really angry for like three hours. So like I'm just... And I have, you know, not much to do until we have dinner plans tomorrow night. So I'm, you know, I'm, it'll just kill my afternoon. I'm sure you also saw that the whole rumor that Alex Albon was going to do the Daytona 24 with Wayne Taylor, Andretti, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Is some, for some reason fell through, which sucks because I was excited to see that. I love when. Wayne Taylor kind of drafts somebody in like when he had Alonzo, right? He had Alonzo, right? When they were a Cadillac team. Yeah. My miss. Okay. No, you're right. Okay. You're right. And who else? Kobayashi. They've had, they just get interesting people and it's fun to watch them take on the Rolex 24. It definitely adds some excitement to that event, which doesn't really need that necessarily, but to, you know, add some big names. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's cool. And it's, it's unfortunate to see that. I don't really know why it fell through, but hopefully he pursues it again in the future or they reconnect. So I asked around after like reading the article and it's essentially F1 has extra or earlier preseason testing next year because of the early calendar start. So I think it has something to do with needing to be, you know, in the factory or in the shop and kind of around the team a little bit earlier than planned, which is, you know, I don't know. Silly. It's like, why can't it's he go dumb. for two weekends? But I don't know. I really like yeah. when you get events like the Rolex 24 and the Indy 500 and Petite at the end of the year and, you know, the full 24 hour of Le Mans in the summer and, I don't know, the Daytona 500 where you get kind of different guys to fill in some spots, you know, Alonzo or who did the, the Daytona 500 this year? I know Connor. Connor with Connor Dale. Travis Pastrana, right? Pastrana was in it. Yeah, that was the one I was looking Didn't for. Didn't Jack Villeneuve do it last year? Yeah. Sounds vaguely. But like familiar. Team Heck Helkenberg. Hes- or, not Team Helkenberg. He- yeah, Heselberg. There you go. Hebelzerg or yeah, something like that. But yeah, I think that's what's really cool about racing is like, you know, you typically don't see like, so I have hockey under the TV here next to me. You're not going to see like. Oh, I keep outside. wondering why you're turning your head. Yeah, I'm, I have hockey on my tv anytime i'm home there's hockey on my tv uh so you know the capitals and the panthers are playing right now so you're not going to see like alex ovechkin you know suit up for the buffalo bills on sunday and you know play defensive end like that that cross sport thing has happened you know two or three times in the history of 
team sports. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, the only two that come to mind off the top of my head. Didn't Michael Jordan play baseball for a little bit? Yeah. I don't <laughs> even count that as good because it was... <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not saying I could do that by any means, but it was oh, not wait. pretty. Didn't Tim Tebow also try baseball? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that was just embarrassing. He hit like... He hit like, like 150 in minor league, like low minor league baseball. <laughs> Hey, as, I just wanted to make fun of Tim Tebow. As I started talking about the Capitals, they they did score, so that's ironic. I don't like them, by the way. I know they're from your next. Me neither. Even as yeah. a DC resident, DC yeah. area resident, you know that though. Uh, last piece of news, I guess, before we kind of close out, reflecting on the NASCAR championship, is that I guess F one and Pirelli, who unfortunately, I mean, they have a contract with to continue with in the future. I would rather see a tire war or pretty much any other tire manufacturer because Pirelli is the Ferrari of tire manufacturers, seems like. And that's not just because they're both Italian. They just give off similar vibes. They are investigating a new tire concept for 2025. So don't get excited for 2024. That reduces degradation to improve the on-track racing while still allowing for varied pit stop strategies. So what I expect is that the tires in 2025 will somehow be worse. The drivers will hate them and it'll change everything up, which might be interesting, but also really frustrating. So here's what's going to happen. The tire stints will last 15 to 20% longer. Nothing will change. Red Bull will be even farther ahead because they have less to worry about in terms of tire wear. True, they nailed that. Ferrari and Haas will be even more garbage because they'll be sliding everywhere because people will complain the tire have no grips. Gri- ha- tires have no grip. Wow, I can't talk at this point. And I I don't know where else to go with that. So yeah, that's that's my two cents. I think that's pretty much it for the F1 world as far as I could tell and everything I've heard. I mean, the race was decent in Brazil. I, I like that track. The sprint races are lame. I always try to sit through them, but it's just not that interesting. I mean, Lando Norris, once again, kind of gave me hope that someone could challenge Max Verstappen for a little bit there in the Brazilian Grand Prix, and then it it all crumbled away. So it's sad for him. I think he now shares the record for most second places with Nick Heidfeld, like without ever getting a win. And he'll get a win. Yeah, I, I'm really confident he will. And it could be, you know, Las Vegas, even a track that no one's been. And who knows, maybe the McLarens will do well or he'll qualify well. I'm not sure, but it's yeah, it must be pretty tough for him to continue to finish. Well, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to feel bad for the guy because he's getting paid a lot of money and he's pretty much the best of everyone other than Max Verstappen which you can't complain about. I guess as an F1 driver, you're probably looking in the mirror being really frustrated and he criticizes himself. But no, I never mind. I don't feel bad for him. I take that back. He's he's doing pretty well and it's only going to go up from here probably unless McLaren takes a nosedive in terms of their car. So I was thinking about actually maybe watching the Vegas race because not that I want to be up late, but girlfriend works overnight Saturday night into Sunday. So I won't be doing anything anyway so i'm like maybe i'll stay up and watch it too that being said i will watch the pre-race and fall asleep so odds are i will don't watch the (laughs) pre-race i will probably i mean like no matter what i still won't watch it because i'll be okay good i'll be up at her place because that will put you to sleep for sure stuff is so boring i'll be up at her place on the weekend anyway that weekend so i don't think much will change there actually i don't know if i will but i'm yeah anyway nascar do you have the our predictions handy that we made for the championship that came out on social media i do still don't love phoenix as the championship finale race i get why it's there i think the middle of the race was the only interesting part the most interesting part at least but i mean it was cool that ryan blaney won because it wasn't like the same old, same old kind of personality that won. He had some good comments kind of 
clapping back to Kyle Petty making fun of him a couple months ago, which was entertaining. And Kyle now, Petty, <laughs> and now he's irrelevant, irrelevant old man. And then, <laughs> you know, Joseph Newgarden apparently texted him before the race saying, "If you win, I'll get a tattoo of your face on my thigh." So, you know. I don't really care if that happens or want to see if it happens, but I am mildly intrigued as a person with quite a few tattoos on myself. I always enjoy a good tattoo story, but what were our predictions in the end? How, how did we do? Okay. So I think we already went over the the pick of the kind of final four, but I'll just remind everyone in that you picked Christopher bell. So check on that one, Danny Hamlin. No, unfortunately that he did not make it. Kyle Larson, who, yes, was a lock for the Final Four. And then Ross Chastain, who actually played a major role in pissing off Ryan Blaney to the extent that I thought he was going to lose his mind and somehow like completely throw away his <laughs> chance at winning. Yeah, I dude, he was fired. I, apparently NASCAR said something to Ross Chastain like mid-race or said something to the team. Like, I don't know what they said. I only saw it. Don't wreck him or we kill you. <laughs> don't wreck them or we're gonna we're gonna burn your watermelon farm to the ground <laughs> yeah we're gonna pummel you with watermelons <laughs> see how it feels to be a watermelon bitch okay continue on sorry okay so then you said champion would be danny hamlin so yeah, unfortunately missed that mark on that one. didn't happen for him and he also predicted himself to be champion many times and still has never <laughs> succeeded with that. So it's too bad for him, but I guess he'll, I don't know. He's, he's good. It's like, he'll get it eventually you would think, but I don't know. He's been in NASCAR for a while. My picks were Christopher Bell. So check Mark on that. He also made, he made the final four Joey Logano. Nope. He got eliminated. Uh, I also one. said Martin Truex jr. So, nope, he did not make the final four. I said William Byron because he won so many damn races. Can you? Yep. He's like, he had like a Joseph Newgarden thing when yeah. Will won the championship, right? Yeah. With one win. I mean, Blaney won, you know, he did more than just that, but like, wow. Like, he won how many races this season? Six, seven? Six, six William or Byron? seven. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of annoying. Can you imagine being that guy? It's like, oh, this isn't based on points. It's based on like who wins in the, like this one race or who finishes ahead in this race in the end. So if we get the setup wrong on this day, even though I've been good all season, I'm not the champion. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah. fully love that, but we are I... still. I don't know. Oh well, wrap it here because we've been talking for like 50 minutes, which is a lot for an off season episode. We so... missed last week. Oh yeah, that's so, right. So it averages. We're out. giving back. We, we still need to. We still need to like balance our time so we don't run out of things to talk to by like you know Christmas. But I was never a huge fan of the NASCAR playoffs. Still don't love it. But from an entertainment standpoint, until you get to the finale, where it's like okay, win and you move on, sort of thing, is pretty cool. I yeah, I agree. Kind of enjoyed it more this year as I got to understand the business behind it. Thanks to a couple people, how kind of captivating it can be. I would like to see like one extra road course in the playoffs more than the the Roval, which I think Watkins Glen is in the playoffs next year, which I talked about with Chris Rice a few weeks ago. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, just to have a you know, full the kind of the full gamut of available NASCAR races in the playoffs, you know, short, short track kind of intermediate oval super speedway and then a road course i think is a cool and chicago and chicago and a street course yeah (laughs) so a little bit of everything (laughs) fantastic all right we've talked enough oh wait i didn't say who my my uh champion to pick was it was i picked chris busher who obviously Uh, was not the champion so we were both wrong but yeah good for ryan blaney we've talked enough there there is no racing this weekend that's very depressing yeah you're right because weck finished last yeah. weekend did you know i didn't follow weck at all even though i said i was going to and I, I i somehow never do yeah same toyota won every other race than lamont 
like Ferrari won yeah. Le Mans. That's we we can talk about that in another episode. I, yeah. I want to discuss that a little yeah. bit. Maybe we'll try to get that Tim from Only Endurance to talk about that with us. True. He he would be a good guy to talk about that with. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. That's all we got. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.